You're listening to Rooted and Overflowing. Welcome to this episode of Rooted and Overflowing. My conversation today is with Reverend Angela Bowman. Reverend Bowman is a pastor, a wife, a mom, and also a survivor of sexual trauma. Contents of our conversation are for information purposes only and is not to be considered counseling. To get help, call 911 or call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 800 273 8255. And now my conversation with Angela Bowman. Angie, welcome to Rooted and Overflowing. Letitia, thank you so much for having me today. I really am delighted to have you. Um, we uh, have corresponded through women, Christian Women of Impact, led by Ms. Courtney Richard. And um, it's a fantastic community. So I'm glad that we have really been able to connect. Yes. You have a powerful story. You have a story that will be a rich blessing to women who are just involved in situations and sometimes we don't we don't feel equipped to handle. So I appreciate being able to talk with you today. And as we open up our conversation, I would love to have you introduce yourself to Rooted and Overflowing listeners. I would love that. So I live in Southern Illinois with my husband, Matt. Uh, We've been married 23 years. I think I lose count every once in a while. We have uh, (laughs) two sons. Our oldest is almost 18 and about to graduate from high school. So we're experiencing that scenario for the first time. And then we have a little guy. He's my baby, but he's not a baby at all. He's 12 and he's in sixth grade. Josh is his name. And my husband is in higher ed administration. We live in a university town in uh, Southern Illinois in the Shawnee National Forest. It's beautiful here. Mm-hmm. And I'm a pastor and Bible teacher, podcaster, author. I wear a lot of ministry kinds of hats. And so that's what I do. But when I'm asked to talk about myself, I really have felt the Lord stirring me to also offer who I am at the core and who I am is a trauma and abuse survivor who has found a deep sense of healing and a belief that I can speak to the lies of the enemy because my past gives him a lot of fertile ground. And I am someone that carried a lot of shame for a lot of years. And I I tried to cover that in bad decisions. I tried to cover it in religious legalism. I tried to cover it in productivity. And uh, at some point about 11 years ago, the Lord stopped me in my tracks, really. I know we'll get to that and begin to invite me into a process of aligning myself, uh, believing who he says he is and who he says I am in him. And that's been a real journey for me. Well, you know, that is, it is amazingly powerful and you bring up a great point in um, how the Lord just has a way of getting to the core. Yes, And I appreciated that I saw on your website to find and, and um, experience a deeper healing. And I would love for you to uh, share with us a little bit more about how you came to discover your need for a deeper healing. 
Absolutely. So in the summer of 2010, about 11 years ago now, my family of four, my husband and two boys that I was just talking about, we were involved in a head-on car crash. Mm. And my older son and I were injured very badly. He was airlifted from the scene and I was transported to a different hospital. We had eight surgeries. I had nine months of physical recovery. It was a very long road. We had to have constant caregiving. I did not take care of myself. I did. I wasn't able to shower, uh, get to the bathroom myself. I was in a wheelchair. Um, it was a very long road. My older son, both of his arms were broken. My younger son was only seven months old. And so we had a constant caregiver for me, a constant caregiver for Alex, uh-huh. and my older son. The baby went to live with my mother for a little while. I wasn't able to care for him at all. Didn't even see him every day. Uh-huh. So as you can imagine, Letitia, it was a time of deep confusion, struggle, pain, emotional, spiritual, physical It was also a time of great blessing where the hands and feet of Jesus Christ and church people and friends and family came around us in a way I'd never experienced before. Um, God was very much at work in it. I, I saw it even then, but I also was so broken. I just, it was a place of brokenness. And for Uh a woman who sort of found her value and her worth and productivity, I took care of my church. I took care of my children. I took care of my husband. I took care of my home. And all of a sudden I didn't take care of anything or anyone. And I was really mm, lost. I think, you know, I think that's a good way to say it. Mm -hmm. And I remember one day, several weeks after all this happened, I was at home I was in, I was uh, being able to be transported to the doctor's office again and to some outpatient physical therapy. So I was a little bit, you know, out. So some weeks had passed and they, there was a a meeting of sorts. Now this was before, there's probably an app for this now, but this was before (laughs) that, right? Like I'm dating myself and every uh, week or two, a group of people would come to our house to decide who was going to cover us for the next few days. Like, because we needed so much help, you know, yes. I'm going to do this shopping. I'll take Alex to the doctor. I'll do that. You know, all of this stuff and the meetings over time, I began to have like this deeper resentment for them. Like they really just ticked me off so bad, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm like, all of these things were my job. And I went, be- I went back and forth between like feeling broken and victimized to feeling like self-righteous. Look how many people it takes to replace me. Like, you know, I mean, both were just Ah, ugly feelings, you know, just like just ugly feelings. And I could feel some of that sort of taking root. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting, they had propped me up in the corner of the couch one day. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to watch this. And I asked for my iPod and I stuck my earbuds in and was listening to Mm -hmm. some music. And I listened to a couple of songs and then the song third day by, or the song born again by third day came on. Uh-huh. And I heard uh, Mac Powell singing uh, and he's talked about how today I found myself and it wasn't at all that when I, when I saw myself, it wasn't at all who I thought it would be. Right. And then he's saying these lines about being born again. I feels like I'm born again, feels like I'm living for the very first time. And as he sang those words, Letitia, uh-huh. I really just felt this Holy spirit invitation. And I felt like the Lord was saying, you know, you you're looking at this meeting, you're looking at this home, you have a hospital bed downstairs. You're, you have more, I, I was like more machine than woman almost at that point <laughs> with all the paraphernalia and the stitches yeah. and the stuff that they put in my body. And yeah. you, all you see is brokenness and ashes, but there was this like light and hope in his invitation that if you will allow me to do what I can do, right? This redemptive power that I have that you talk about and you believe, but you've not experienced like this before. But if you will allow me to come into this brokenness, I will do something with it 
that is beyond anything that you could dream. And I did, I, I will not say that everything was good from then out. Like that uh-huh. is so not true. It was a very, very long road, but something did change in my journey. As I said, yes, I want, I want that. And what really happened then over a period of even years was the Lord invited me to look at this abuse in my background that had never been healed. It had never, it had been pushed down. It had been talked over. It had been produced over, if you will. Yes. And it was time to stop running from it. And okay. so we began to peel back some layers. And um, so, yeah, it, that was a real turning point for me. Did you, did you work through this alone, Angie? Uh, good, very good question. Largely, yes, but I have had much counseling through the years and I'm a, I'm a big supporter of counseling and my experience, my personal experience has been, I needed a trauma therapist, a, she was a secular trained in trauma therapy, but very, very respectful of the fact that I do this with Jesus. Right. And so Jesus was invited into our sessions. Um, I was able to talk to her about my prayer life and what I was finding in scripture. Uh, and so that was really helpful to me. So I have been in counts in and out of counseling and I in and out because as God, not because like, I give up on it or something like that. But as, uh-huh. as we go to deeper places, sometimes yes. I'm like, oh, I think I would benefit from some additional support here, you know? Right. And, uh, and so I continue to stay open to that. And, uh, I, I currently still meet with someone once a month that just kind of, you know, checks in with me. How is it going? Uh, my greatest understanding of how to receive healing was really getting to know him through studying the Bible. Uh, that is what has changed everything for me, knowing who he is and what he promises and how he delivers on that, for lack of a better way to say it, yes. uh, through studying his word. When we want to approach deeper healing for ourselves, there's that uneasiness of just feeling undone, just not knowing, you know, well, Lord, what do I do with this puddle of emotions that I'm feeling about this issue right this moment. Yes. So I'd love to hear how did you determine what to work on first or what to work through first? And what was that like for you every day? You know, I've just been studying in Psalm 139, 23, where it talks about search me and know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts. You're probably familiar with that verse, Letitia. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, just as I was studying it again recently, I think that's part of what, that's part of the answer to your question right there, because as the Lord is so kind and he is so patient and so gentle. And so what began to happen as I opened myself up more to being aware of the, of his invitation for me to heal at a deeper level was that I began to pay attention to what made me anxious. I began to pay attention to what made me feel insecure. I began to pay attention to the, the way that I was talking to myself and how it was a voice of shame and condemnation so often. And I, as I studied the Bible and learned more about God, I understood that's not his voice. That's not how he talks to you. And so I just got very curious about my own thought patterns and reactions. And so I don't have like a really easy answer in terms of what it was like every day, but I would, I I trained myself over time to pause when I could feel that anxiety rising. And that's why I talk about talk to your triggers when I could feel that anxiety rising I began to see that as an invitation for that deeper healing. 
because something's going on in there uh-huh. that's making you want to react in a way that's either negative, self-destructive, uh, you're yelling at your family, you know, all these things that we do. And if we can pause, if I, I, if I can pause in that moment and say something else is going on, right. then I can, I can realign myself and claim that peace that he offers us so much. Oh my goodness. I would love to hear more about what we can do about our triggers. How can we even um, begin to define what triggers are out there? Yeah, thank you. So I have this thing that I do. I'm a I'm very practical. I'm very I'm a checklist, check it off kind of girl. I like lists and I like uh, <laughs> I like steps and all those things. And so I kind of have this I have five steps. They all start with R and this is just something that over time has really worked for me. And so step 1 is recognize and recognize means when anxiety rises, what does your body do? First Peter five, seven, and eight says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And it really took me a while to link those verses together. There's this idea that if we're willing to cast our cares on the Lord, if we can identify them and cast our cares on the Lord, then that limits that like uh, it broadens the area of the, the, how close the enemy can get to us, right? Uh-huh. Like because in our anxiety, we will believe the lie and we will behave in a way that serves the enemy, not the Lord, you know? And, um, and so, so first step one is recognize what does our body do when anxiety is rising? Yeah. You know, for me, a lot of times that's like, you know, my breathing is not as natural, Um, my, my head is sort of spinning. I get this like tightness in my chest or shoulders, you know, I don't know what it's like for you, but you're nodding, (laughs) you're nodding, your listeners can't see you, but you're so, so, you know, you know, we know, I think what that feels like when we're like, dang it, you know, I need an immediate answer or whatever, you know, it's just, it feels so frustrating, whatever. So step one is recognize what does your body do? And then step two is reveal. Um, and just so you know, I have a download for these things. Like if you're listening, I'll, put, I'll give you the link if you want so that I can download sure. these and the scriptures and stuff. Cause I would love to share them with them that way. They're not Certainly. wanting to. Yeah. So um, step two is reveal. What am I believing on the inside about what's happening on the outside? Mm-hmm. John one, five says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And so again, that's what I was saying before. Like, okay, my anxiety is rising. Mm-hmm. Why? what's going on inside? What am I believing? Because a lot of times it's not actually about the circumstance. Like this is what happens to me. Like I overreact to a circumstance because it's reminding me of something else. And so I have this, um, so my son is uh, a senior in high school. He plays varsity basketball. The abuse in my background is from a teacher at my high school. When I was 16, I was groomed and seduced into a romantic relationship with a, a teacher. It lasted nine months. It was very destructive. He was our band director. So here's just an example of like what's going on. I realized as I was going to my son's varsity basketball games, right? Uh-huh. And the band was there and the band was playing that I would be sitting at the basketball game, Letitia. And all of a sudden I would be yelling at my husband about something he didn't do that day. Right. Okay. That really wasn't about something. My, I was looking for a reason to discharge that feeling that was inside. Right. I don't want to behave that way. I don't want to yell at my son. I don't want to, you know. And so my husband and I developed this sort of like thing as I recognize it took time. It took time for me to be able to put that together. But now we have this little thing when we travel, go to different basketball games, whatever, you know, sometimes my husband will lovingly look at me and say, there's a band. Like, it's kind of like this funny thing. And it, it, it's a way that we can acknowledge this is, this is hard. 
this is potentially hard, right? That anxiety might rise and you're tempted to do something that you don't want to do, really. You don't want to behave that way, but it's not about that. You're not 16 anymore. He doesn't have, he's not in charge of you anymore. You're an adult woman, you know? And so I just, I share that because for me, that's been a place that I'm like, this is a trigger. This is something that it's hard for me. And so, so can we reveal, can we actually say, this isn't about that. It's about something else. Step three then is remember. The question is, where have I experienced God's faithfulness in previous circumstances? Psalm 145, 13, the Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. And so you begin to put that together, right? Okay, my anxiety is rising. This isn't about that. This is about something else. And how do I remember God's faithfulness? Do I remember the God that when I was sitting on the corner of that couch who came to me in my despair and said, I see you and I love you and I will never leave you nor forsake you, right? Joshua 1, 5, I love you with an everlasting love. You can count on me, you know? And so can we pause And breathe in that moment and say, oh no, this is not the voice of the one who created me and calls me his, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, mercy. Step four is receive. How is God revealing his presence in this experience? Okay. It all comes together right here (laughs) for me anyway. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid the promise of peace is ours. And for me, peace is the answer to all this, right? Praise and thanksgiving will be bring peace. And so when we remember his faithfulness and we're able to offer praise for that, then the peace can be received. He's offering it to us, but so often because it's like not fast enough or it's not, you know, it's not, uh, it's not shiny enough, if you will, you know, if that can be a word that I can use, we'll try to find other things. We'll eat it. We'll shop it. We'll say it. We'll do it, you know? And um, instead of sitting right there and allowing him to cover us with the very thing. So recognize what's going on, reveal what's happening inside. Remember God's faithfulness, receive his peace. And then step five is repeat how do I offer myself grace with this process? (laughs) Because, because I'm a trauma girl, you know, like it's, and it's not a one and done. It's not a one and done. Unfortunately, uh, lamentations three, 22 and 23, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord showers us with grace an abundance of grace. Can we offer ourselves a smidgen of the grace that he offers and, uh, and then go back to the top because we're going to mess it up. Sometimes we're going to, you know, it's hard. Some days are hard. And sometimes I said, I run out of grace before I ran out of day. Right. You know, (laughs) and then you're like, I did it again and we are going to do it. And, but we are going to learn. And hopefully as we grow in this, we do it less and we recover faster. Oh, I love that. Now, when you talked about remembering, or no, I'm sorry, when you talk about recognizing, yeah, uh, that did resonate with me because as a caregiver, I'm not so much a caregiver for my husband now as I was before. Um, he's had a turnaround in his health, but Angie, I'll tell you, after he started to get stronger, I remember telling him, it's almost like I just felt the Lord just chiseling everything. It caused a lot of opportunities for me to to stop and say, okay, why am I feeling this way? 
Why am I feeling, you know, why am I feeling this way um, about something, something simple, just very routine, but um, it's like, it would just get up under my fingernails and walking through that process, I did experience God working and changing and doing things on the inside of me. Um, so that, that brings me to where you say repeat. Hmm. And that is something that I did not think that I needed to do. And what, because, and, and I I remember I would tell my husband, well, did I just undo whatever it was that the Lord has done? (laughs) You know? No. So I love hearing you say that, that, you know, no, it's just, you know, it's going to continue. It is. It's going to continue. And it's the invitation for the deeper healing again that you mentioned, because there are layers to this. And as you peel back one, you know, it's a, it's, you know, somebody was just comparing it um, in a Bible study that I was doing to like removing thorns, you know, like that's a process that's painful if you're trying, you know, if you've, if you've got thorns in your skin or something like that, but walking around with the thorns in your skin is really painful too, you know? And so can we surrender to the process and say, we're going to remove one today. And then he'll let us rest for a little while and then we'll remove another one. But, but we may have to kind of go through this again until it becomes second nature and whether it's my steps or something else, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, these are just some things that have helped me, but I think this general idea of knowing, can I recognize what's going on? Can I remember God is faithful and can I give myself grace in this process as I grow? Oh, my mercy. What are some examples of self-talk that we can engage when we encounter triggering situations? I think to, yes, that's a really great question. I think to be aware of how we're talking to ourselves is so important. And even how we say or narrate how God is talking to us. Cause sometimes I'm with people and they'll say, well, God told me, but then the next thing that comes out is very kind of harsh, you Mm -hmm. know? And, um, and it may be this sentiment that the Holy spirit was stirring inside us, but I, it's hard for me not to sometimes be like, God doesn't talk to you like that. Like that's me, you know, like, and so I actually heard this from a woman named Brene Brown. I don't know if you're familiar with her work Mm -hmm. or not, but yeah. Okay. And, um, she talked about, as we talked to ourselves, well, would we talk to our child that we loved that way? Can we talk to ourselves the way we would talk to our children or a child that we loved, or even quite honestly, a pet that crawls up in our lap? You know, like uh, if there's something like that, that you love, that you understand your voice is stronger than theirs. Okay. Like your voice is stronger than theirs and you don't talk to them like that. You just wouldn't shame them that way. When we catch ourselves doing that, I mean, I'm my own worst critic. Most of us are, I think, you know, when we catch ourselves talking to ourselves in that tone to be able to take a step back and say, this is not part of the healing process. This is not, you know, God, it talks about in Zephaniah, it's 317, right? That God takes delight in us and he sings over us with rejoicing, you know, Um, can we accept that he does? Can we see ourselves that way. We're even if we're having a bad day and we're messing up and kind of, it's a hot mess, right? That the Lord just kind of looks down, shakes his head and laughs and she cute. Look how hard she's trying, you know, like, yeah. I mean, right, and, right. You know, and, um, and, and I think that's the way and he uh-huh. convicts us yes. and he, 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 re, he, um, redirects us, yes. he, you know, I, I mean, he's very, he calls us to live a certain way. But even in in my experience, even his redirecting of me, even his conviction of me, even of his like 
We went through a period uh, a, a few months back where he really revealed some selfish tendencies in me that quite honestly, Letitia, I didn't see. I didn't right. know they were there. I didn't right. know. But even in that experience of him inviting me to see myself that way, I never felt shamed. I never felt, I, it was just like, I know your heart is to serve me. And so you're ready to look at this, how you're behaving in a way that's outside of really who you want to be, but certainly who I call you to be. So oh, my goodness. And he does, he, he lovingly does that. And, um, and I believe um, it, it drives us closer to him. It, yes. it, it's, it certainly can be used to drive it builds us trust. To him. It yes. builds trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that is so true. If you have a person who comes to you with similar concerns or um, maybe concerns not so similar, but you recognize that she has the need um, mm-hmm. for deeper healing, what are some, what what kind of direction or what kind of um, listening ear, what kind, you know, how would you approach that sort of interaction? I get to have conversations with people a lot who are dealing maybe with some old stuff for the first time, you know, that I think we all get to a point where maybe we recognize we're living uh, our life in a direction that isn't serving us very well, you know, uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and how do we sometimes going back is really hard, but sometimes we have to go back to go forward. Yeah. And, um, I, sometimes people don't like my answer to this, but I stand by it and it, it really is. There is no substitute for spending time with him. Amen. How do you develop a habit? It's probably means that you're going to say no to something right now. You're saying yes to, uh-huh. it means you're going to get up earlier. It means you're going to, uh, close your door at the office over your lunch break. It means yeah. how are you going to make a commitment to yourself uh-huh. that you are going to spend concentrated time with him? Are you going to join a Bible study group? Are you going to find an app that serves you well? Are you going to uh, develop a, a a prayer life based on like something like the, the ax method or something, you know, are you going to start journaling? Um, all of these things are good. Are you going to read things that yeah. are life giving that point you to Jesus? Mm-hmm. Um, how are you going to develop a habit to spending time with him? Because I think there's nothing that's more important and there's no substitute for it. But, you know, I am in absolute agreement. There is sufficiency in Jesus Christ. And I love how you drive that home. I appreciate that Um, because when we give ourselves an opportunity to be in his presence and connect to him and hold tight to him, um, certainly there's a deeper healing that comes. There's a deliverance that comes. There's... Um, the joy and the peace um, that we crave, it it comes and it comes from a pure place. And um, speaking of peace, I would love to hear you talk about um, how we can go about reclaiming or even claiming peace for the first time. Yeah. You know, I think it's really about knowing his promises, what he offers us. God offers us an abundance of rest and joy and hope and peace. And he does that through abiding with him. And again, I mean, it's just, it's kind of the same, it's the same song, a different verse, right? How are we, how are we spending time with him? And and, and as we begin to spend time with him, and especially if that's a new habit for you, friend, as we begin to spend time with him, we will recognize him more in our lives. 
and he will direct us. You know, if you don't have a faith community right now, he he's going to open some doors for that. He's, he's going to lead you. Somebody's going to mention a podcast that they're listening to. And they really, you know, listen to this person preach or whatever the case may be. And that's going to go, there's going to be an opportunity for spiritual mentorship in your life or service. You know, if you're really struggling and you're trying to find some way to connect with him, sometimes it's getting your hands busy, not how can you immerse yourself with other people who are living a life that is connected to Jesus, right? And so just begin to look for those opportunities because they're staying connected to him, however that's looking in your life. And it will change season to season. Sometimes, you know, what, what if you have children and they grow and they change and your job, change, whatever, you know, you may find that that changes, but um, to recognize, again, it goes back to those triggers to recognize when the anxiety rises, that's when, you know, you've turned away from peace and all you need to do then is reconnect with him by spending time with him to reclaim it again. Certainly. And you spoke briefly about spiritual mentorship. I would love to hear how spiritual mentorship or just the power of community, how that played a part in your healing journey. I'm a teacher. And I, and I have always taught Bible. I, t- I was trained in inductive study with the precept ministries. I don't know if you're yes. familiar with those or not. Yeah. So oh, I taught yes. precept classes with a group of ladies for years and I loved that. I loved that. And I think for me, again, probably because it goes back to my temperament, my personality and all that stuff. When mm-hmm. I really wanted again to get into the word and I've been doing precept for over 20 years now, I think, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like 17 years, I think, um, I, uh, teaching for me is a way that, cause I won't show up to class, not <laughs> having my stuff together. Do you know what I mean? And so That's that right. really provided the accountability for me. Accountability is important for me to keep up with yeah. something. Oh, uh, yeah. And, but, but the way that the way that Bible study sometimes happens in community is just magnetic. It's, it's electric. Mm-hmm. It's like the Holy spirit just sizzles between people sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you're able to, if you do the work on your own and then find a place where you can be in community, mm-hmm. uh, I've grown so much by listening to what other people are getting as they study. So yeah, I think a faith community is really important and you're worth the effort it takes to find the right one for you. Not everyone is the right one. Uh, same with counseling. You're worth the effort. If you go through something like that and you want to find uh, support that way, uh, it's it's all right if the first one isn't the right fit for you. Keep working at it. Yeah, you will find the right one. You'll find the right Bible study group. You'll find the right place to serve. Just keep trying um, yes. and uh, and stay with it because it will it will come to you. Certainly. And I could see your eyes light up talking about Bible study. You are certainly passionate about it. Did the inductive method, did that help fuel your passion? Or I'd love to hear more about your passion for the word of God. Yeah, thank you. Yes, I started studying inductively like around oh, 2000, I think, maybe 1999, 2000, something like that. So it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. And yes, it has that is the way that I have learned the word. It really is. And that's the way that I've connected. And it's given me a lot of tools 
And, and I've, I've been a church girl all my life and I knew ah. the stories, you know, uh, my father <laughs> yeah. was a pastor. I'm a pastor. I grew up in the church. And so I, I knew all the stories, but I didn't know him in the stories, the way that studying inductively taught me. So, yeah, yeah I actually have a, I created a Bible study method a few years ago. That's a, that's an inductive study. And we study every Tuesday night. I have a team it's called step-by-step and on the Facebook page, the study on Facebook page, every Tuesday night at six o'clock, we go live for a half an hour and we study a verse of scripture. It's my favorite it's my favorite ministry time of the week, you know, because I just love, we, you know, there's three or four or five of us that come together on Tuesday nights, depending on the week. And, and, uh, we go live and we have comments from people that are uh, watching us and uh, we're just deeply studying a, a one word in one verse of scripture and just watching what the Lord is doing and seeking life application. And I just love it. I just love it. Angie, I would like to have you speak more about what we can do when we see or know someone that is in a traumatic situation, or just know that there are people who are vulnerable to um, traumatic situations. In our conversation, I've thought about how during the height of the pandemic, particularly during the stay-at-home orders, um, I and others, we would pray about vulnerable populations of people who were home, and it wasn't a good idea for them to be home. Um, I'm thinking about missing children, the elderly, um, people in abusive situations. Would you speak to that? Yeah, I think um, I think one of the most important things we can do is not look away. You know, I I, I think that it's so tempting in our it, for for a lot of us we we're pretty comfortable, right? I mean, like the fact that I'm able to experience deeper healing and that I listened on the corner of my couch to my iPod and that I can afford counseling and I have a supportive husband. These things do not, I'm not uh, ignorant to the fact that I have resources that some people don't have access to. And, and it's not fair that I have been able to have a deeper healing because I've had the luxury of being able to have deeper healing. Right. Uh Yeah. I mean, Uh and I understand that. And so one of the things too, that I feel like we, those of us who are privileged that way, Uh uh, we can know that about ourselves. And when the Lord invites us in to someone else's pain, I'm sorry, this makes me emotional. When the Lord invites us to share space with someone in pain, Uh it's so tempting sometimes to look away because we think we don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, And we don't know what to do. Sometimes we cannot, there's nothing we can do to fix it. Yeah. But often the fact that we're willing to share space with them Mm. uh, and not look away and not be appalled or whatever by either their decisions or, uh, can be such a gift to someone who feels very alone. And Mm. so I think not only praying for them, but praying with them, if that's an option, Mm-hmm. Um, how can we help them feel less alone? It, you know, it's so it, it, the situations are so varied, but yeah. how can we, can, can we study with them? Can mm-hmm. we share with them something that we're learning? Can we write them letters to remind them that they're not alone? Can we send, if, if we know them and we text with them, let's say, can we send them a song that like, this is an encouraging song that maybe would encourage mm-hmm. you a verse of scripture that just, how do we, how do we remind them? We see them. Because as we remind them that we see them, there's such an opportunity for them to say uh, that in our seeing them, God sees them, which is 
Mm. which is who always sees them. But sometimes it's so hard to feel that when we're struggling. Right. Even though sometimes we know that we know that God sees us, but it's, we don't always understand it when we need to. Mm-hmm. It, it, the message just doesn't get to us. But I thank you for your treatment to that because it's easy for us to just feel ill-equipped Mm-hmm. to be able to reach yeah. uh, someone who we know needs to be reached, but you just don't have the, the words to say or yeah. feel like you don't have the words to say. Yeah. I think a lot of people, I know this has been true for me at different seasons. They don't, they don't want to be a project. They don't mm-hmm. want to be fixed. They just want to know they're not alone. Yeah. That goes a long way. I'm sure that goes an absolute long way. So Angie, how do we claim the abundance that God offers if we find ourselves on the edge of our beds, mm-hmm. <laughs> on the edge of our couches? How, how do we find um, that abundance that God offers? Is it easy? Maybe that's the question. Is it easy? Mm-mm. No, it's not easy because I think abundance comes from surrender. But I also think it's not easy to try to do it on our own. So I, and that, that's been what something that I have learned too, because I feel like when I, when I'm dealing with more anxiety, when I'm behaving in ways, when I'm, when I, when the talk is turned real critical again, you know, when I'm really battling those lies of the enemy, um, the thing to, the thing to do is to let him fight our battles. And we do that through Thanksgiving and praise, you know, I love the song. I think it's Francesca Battistelli that sings defender. My def- I'm not, I don't know if I have the song, right. Where she says he came back with the head of my enemy and, and he called it my victory. And all I did was worship. All I did was praise she sings, you know? And so I think there's this tremendous gift that we have that actually, as we praise him, find the craziest things, you know, after our car crash and I, I, mean, I began sort of this like new outlook, if you will. So, you know, sort of after that experience, I began to, to keep this journal. And at first I, my, my arm was broken. Uh, I couldn't write. I had somebody else write it down. Then I started writing with my left hand. Like it was this process, even just writing in the journal, but I would find one thing, one thing to praise him for that day. And sometimes it was just the, today I brushed my own teeth today. I got to see the baby today. I got one thing, but when it got really hard, I would praise him for that one thing. Um, and then, and it, anxiety and fear and self deprecation and all that, it doesn't share space with praise uh, and that, and it'll come back and we'll have to repeat, you know, but there's this surrender and humility and honoring his magnificence when we praise him for anything. And so I think that really claiming peace and abundance is about surrender and the shortest distance between unsurrender and surrender is praise. There you go. And once again, we're brought back to taking the time yeah. to be in the presence of God. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm a broken record. But you know, the truth is the truth. <laughs> the truth is the truth. I think there's there's something out there about how many ways can you um, find to cook chicken? Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's so many ways. But it's still chicken, you know, it's It's still still the answer, right? That's right. (laughs) That's exactly right. Which really, it it drives home that all of us have, we have such varying experiences Mm -hmm. till, you know, even someone who doesn't um, have a history of trauma 
Um, maybe they have, you know, a different type of history, but it's still going to drive us into the presence of the Lord yes. in order to, in order to find, um, you know, that peace, that healing, you know, yeah. that deliverance and just what we need um, in order to make it through that life. So as the song says, Jesus is the answer. Yes. <laughs> is the answer. Yes. And, you know, and he doesn't celebrate the things that have happened to us that have, you no. know, that have, but he celebrates our willingness to let him use that to draw us to him. Yeah. He will use that. I think he looks down at us sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, not really, but like, I think mm-hmm. he looks upon us, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and whatever has happened to us, he's like, I can work with that. I can work with that in your life, you know, uh, will you give it to me so that I can actually do something like, you know, that I explained earlier, like, can I will do something with it beyond your wildest imagination. I'm not glad it happened to you, but we can move on from here, you know, to a place of peace and abundance. Oh, that is so big. And that is so good because it's true. We can have our faces fixed in one direction, still going, still going, still going, still plugging, digging in, but not digging into the right thing because we want to make sure that we dig into Jesus because this, as you said, he's saying, I can help. Yes. (laughs) I can. And wants to. Yeah. Yes, Mm -hmm. he does. He certainly Mm -hmm. does stand ready. He stands ready. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Well, I have enjoyed our time together. And you mentioned about the precepts and you mentioned about inductive Bible study in learning more about you. I see that you're involved with um, flourish writers. And I mean, oh, you have such, such an impressive uh, resume of involvements um, that the Lord has just um, aligned you with. So um, you're definitely, definitely an admirable sister in the Lord. (laughs) As are you, as are you, my friend. Goodness, goodness. Well, I have absolutely enjoyed our conversation. And, you know, I love the title of your podcast. You mentioned earlier, too, that you are a podcast host and it's called the Steady On Podcast. I know that information can be found on your website about it, but give us a description of your podcast. Yeah. So it's a guest-based podcast like yours. And the tagline is where God's hard truth meets our hard story. And it really, you know, I had steady on the ministry kind of has two parts where we, we study to take it in and then we uh, listen to people's stories and how they live it out. And so, yeah, I, I love doing the podcast interviews. I always pick a verse that goes along with the podcast interviews. And then that's the verse that we study all the week. It, it drives my social media posts. It's the verse we study on Tuesday night, as I was telling you, and, 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 uh, and so we have, we have a lot of fun, but I always say that we talk about hard things, but yes. always in a major key, you know, always sprinkled yes. with a lot of hope because it really is the conversations are really geared towards, uh, this is, this is my story. And this is where God's promises are all over it. Mm-hmm. I love that because yeah, cause our, our stories, uh, can be pretty weighty. They can, yeah. they can have some weight to them. But we just thank God that he bears our burdens and that we can cast them upon him because he does. He has promises of liberty and freedom and um, for us. So I appreciate that. And where can people find you online, Angie? 
Yes. So the website is livesteadyon.com and that's kind of the central hub, but the link I'll put a, I'll give you a link, Letitia, and that will, that link has where to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. It has, if they're interested in the scriptures and the steps that I was talking about and talk to your triggers, it's on there. If they're interested in uh, the step-by-step Bible study method, there's a masterclass that's free that's on there. So all that stuff is in that one link that I'll, I'll send it to you. So you have it. That'll yeah. be great. And they will be right in the show notes for listeners and the Rooted and Overflowing community to access. Love it. So I appreciate that. Well, Angie, thank you for your time. And I'm looking forward to all that the Lord is going to continue to do through you and your ministry. Thank you so much. You're, you are a delightful host. It's been my pleasure to spend oh. this time with you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rooted and Overflowing. To listen on your favorite app, visit rootedandoverflowing.com. When you're there, you can also click the About tab and gain access to resources that are designed to inspire you in your walk with Christ. When you rate and review the show on your favorite app, it helps me to make sure I'm sharing information that's helpful. So let me know how I'm doing and invite a friend to listen. Until next time, stay rooted in Christ and overflow with gratitude.